0: We discussed in the Nef Shachayim, we discussed so far, we're holding in Sharedal at Pergid in the middle, and we're talking about the fact that the intention for Qal Yisrael combines with the intention that Torah should come down to this world, and the Kayak of the Torah is a Qayakh which gives life to the world, which means, like we saw, that's a fulfillment of Hashem's Ratan for the world and Hashem's Ratsan is that the Torah should be in this world, and Hashem's Ratsan is that the should be learning that Torah. But when Hashem's Ratsan is fulfilled, then there's a reason for the world. And this brings us to maybe one of the most well, often quoted and well-known paragraphs in the F-shaykhay. And he says, For bilti The MS without any doubt at all, shem haya ha'oylam for the entire world which means from one end to the other. The entire planet Earth would be poni would be completely empty. Afrega echad mamish, even for one second. May our be from our learning and understanding Torah. There would be that second, that no one in the world anywhere would be involved in Torah learning. ha kara In that second, the, everything would be destroyed. Not just this world, all the worlds. The spiritual world, the physical world. And they would all become nothing. In other words, they would disintegrate. They would be no longer existing. Same thing. How much, or how much, how much life is going to be in this world, or how little, how much life is going to be in this world, is going to it all depends on our involvement in Torah. That's the principle that is well known in the name of Being as the fulfillment of Hashem's rotten for the world is that there should be people there in Torah, that's a constant requirement for the world to exist. Or to say it in different worlds, Hashem puts in our hands, the continuation of the world, and when we're achieving what Hashem wanted us to achieve, then that gives the Kayak like we said, which begins from here, that generates that power, that's the heartbeat which continues to keeps the world alive. Not just this world, all the worlds. That's what we spoke about: why right the different places on the planet, and people learning in different time zones. And it makes it easier to, for there to be that principle that there will always be people learning Torah. And those times, when the less people learning Torah, so maybe there's more of a chiyof for people to learn. I spoke about that before. The most Dechon used to ask a question. Even though this Nefesh is well known, and it should be a very big uh, encouragement for us, for us, Responsibility for us to always be learning Torah. Us meaning collectively as Klal and even as individuals who make up that club, But well, there's a big question on it. And well, that is, is it a real possibility? Is it a real possibility that one morning suddenly it happened to be a bad day and everyone was up late for kiddush or whatever the case may be, and okay, that's it. No one's learning. And bang, the world's gone everything disintegrates and goes back to Torah the Is there a real possibility that's going to happen? It's against the principle of Imana to assume such a thing can happen. The principle of imana that we have that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan for the world is going to be fulfilled. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan for the world hasn't yet been fulfilled. Yes, it's begun with the fact that people are learning Torah but it's only complete when the entire world comes to the level that Hashem wanted it to come to and it hasn't yet gotten there and to say therefore midway on the journey the world will just disappear and won't exist anymore and will never have achieved what Hashem wanted the world to achieve means khas as if Hashem's plan is going to remain unfulfilled means khas in some way that this world was a failure that can't be. We said it goes against the principle of Emona, the one of the coming of Mashiach. one of the coming of Mashiach is primarily, and one that what Hashem wants to happen is going to happen. And Hashem's plan is going to be fulfilled. And if the world will disintegrate, then that plan would never reach fulfillment. Let's explain this a bit better. Of course, since the time of Adam Elisha, people have that made mistakes. And let's call it derailed the track that the world was going. It went in a different direction to the one which was originally planned, to, meant to go. But even with all the mistakes people have made, and even with all the setbacks that we brought upon ourselves, the world still exists, and can still reach the space that Hashem wanted it to reach. And as long as there's a world, there's still that option, and Hashem is has the way of bringing it to that, to that final point. So maybe it's taking a different route, but the end point is still in sight, and the world can still get to the point Hashem wants it to get to. Whereas if you're going to say the world will just cease to exist, would disintegrate if people the entire, so then that's a final end for any possibility of it reaching the potential wants it to exist to reach. It no longer exists. That's impossible. That's a would be a, so to speak, a non-fulfillment of our Baruch plan for the world. So what does it mean? How do we reconcile the fact that the world has to achieve what it's meant to achieve, and there has to be a Mashiach, and you are relying on it That's a principle of Arimuna, and at the same time, that's true that if Klai Yisrael don't learn terror, the world will disintegrate. So very much a friend of Rachi used to explain it. Is another contradiction. Nefesh HaKhayim is telling you that that would, that's what's going to happen if it would be that the Jewish people won't learn Torah. But do we have to worry that that actually might happen one day? No. The master Hashem will make sure there always are Jews learning Torah in order to prevent that happening. That doesn't mean to say that the, the therefore the, the continual kingdom of the world is coming from Hashem. It's coming from people. Hashem is just ensuring that people will learn the Torah, in order to ensure that the world will get to the stage Hashem wants it to get to. And We say that in the pasuk. We say, we say it every day, santi The spirit which I placed in you, the words are put in your mouth, which is really the Torah Hashem taught us, will never leave your mouths or those of your children forever. In other words, there's a, just like there's a guarantee that there'll be Mashiach, and there's a guarantee that the world will achieve the final stage Hashem wanted it to achieve, there's that guarantee that Jewish people will always be learning Torah. That, that Torah will never be forgotten, and that Torah will never be abandoned, and we'll always be learning Torah. And then we can be guaranteed that you're going to get to Mashiach. I want to bring a proof to the Yisrael from the Gemara that the Nefesh Al-Khaim quoted in the previous paragraph and then it says that before Matan the world was scared Eretz Yara the world was afraid what's going to be if the Jews don't accept the Torah because there was a condition with the world that if the Jews accept the Torah then there's a reason for the world and if not then there isn't so the world was Yara, what would it be if the Jews don't accept the Torah? And the Gemara says, And once they accept the Torah, sharkata. the world is now at ease. It's calm. It's confident. The Jews accept the Torah, is meaning for the world. And I want to ask the question, if you Nefesh we just learned, the world should always be Yara. That question should always be there. Maybe the Jewish people will stop learning for a second. If it's up to us, then there's a possibility of maybe the Jews will stop learning for a second, and then the world will revert to what What guarantee does the world ever have that it's going to exist? And what you said, we spoke previously, there's an answer here also. And that is, once the terrorists come down to this world, even though it's true, it's our responsibility to learn terror, and to learn terror constantly, but we guarantee that's going to happen. Our Kodesh Baruch is going to ensure we always learn the terror. He's not going to allow the terror to get forgotten. And now the world can be confident. So what's the difference in the fact that it's up to people if Hashem is going to ensure that those people are there? The answer is the reward. The reward. As we said previously, that the, the, the reward for people isn't just that they learn to. Huh? It's the reward for being a partner with Hashem in the creation. It's the reward for being the ones who made the creation continue. And even if Hashem is going to ensure that there always are people who are doing their job, but the people who are doing their job are getting that reward. They are the ones who are holding the world. And like we said in the previous slide, that's a bigger khasr than any other that one could do. So That's the first result of our learning terror. We're maintaining the life of the world. And the life of the world means Hashem's rotsin. Hashem's interest in the world and Hashem's plan, that, which is the reason He created the world, if that's still being fulfilled, then there's still a point to create the world. So that's the first effect you bring about by learning Torah. That's like a heartbeat. It's something which needs to have a constant pulse. Something which has to be there constantly. And in this world, for there to be a cube of this world, there has to be that constant Torah learning. Which is providing that, so to speak, that rotsan, that fulfillment of Hashem's rotsan, which keeps the world existing every second. But there's a second effect to our learning Torah as well, which is going to explain the next paragraph, something deeper. Let's try and understand it again. And he says, <laughs> The Baruch and the Torah Hashem gave us the Torah, and <laughs> which means eternal life, he planted inside of us. <laughs> it's like a tree. He <laughs> plant a tree, to create more fruits. You don't plant a seed to create one a tree which is going to produce one seed. You plant a tree to create many fruits. If we're going to hold on to the Torah with all our ability, then we're going to deserve to inherit chayad, eternal, eternity. And we're going to bring down from the sherish from the highest point of Torah which is above any other world an added level of Teisafis, Kedusha, or of our God, and an added level of Kedusha and bracha. so what's Nebuchadnezzar saying? He says there's a second aspect to the Chaim that Torah provides. We spoke about the fact that it maintains life in this world for the whole world and that's on a steady on a constant basis as in the present giving life to this world but there's a second concept which Torah provides also and that's Chaya Oilam Chaya is eternal life when we talk about Oilam Abba a world which continues forever and the Gemara says that Oilam Abba comes from Torah and here's a question and it's a deep question and that is the idea of eternity idea of something which lasts forever is beyond the scope of this world this world is finite, everything about it is finite how could it be that an action in this world which is a finite action can create a concept of eternity how does it transform into the infinite so in a practical sense a person spends is is in the shir here, you're learning Torah for half an hour that's a finite amount of time. The reward for learning Torah is Olam That's infinite. How does that happen? How does the investment of something finite create a, a, a return of the infinite? And that's the question which is coming to answer. What's the idea of Chaya Olam which comes from Torah? We can understand that a person can be rewarded like for like. So the amount of time he spent learning Torah, he should be rewarded for the same amount of time. But what's the conversion rate of the finite to the infinite? How does it happen? So firstly, that's the marshal that Nev sees in the Duke of the Words. It's planted in us. He did it's placed in us, but it's planted in us. What's the idea of something which is planted? which is in a natir. And that's what he explains. He says that the point of in a natir is that they pre-la harvest A person plants a seed which is going to become a tree. And it's not going to just give him one fruit with one seed. It's going to give him many fruits with many seeds. And it's not just one crop. It's not just one harvest. It's not just one year. That same seed that a plant, person planted once can create the tree which is going to yield fruit for many, many, many years. You know, in national Kodesh, there are two words for planting. The one is natiya, and the one is zriya. They both mean to plant. But there's a difference. If you talk about planting a vegetable or a grain, we talk about Zarya. When we talk about planting a tree, we talk about natiya. And this is the difference between them. Planting a vegetable is something which yields one harvest. Planting a grain is the same. It needs to be replanted every year. So it's true, I might get back more than I planted, but it's finite. It's one crop for one seed, for one planting. One plant for one seed. Whereas in a tier, which means planting a tree, it means unlimited return, on what I put in. It's fruit for years and years and years and years from one tree, from one seed. That's why when we talk about Chaya Oilam, it's not it's like that tree. The investment here in learning Torah is like the seed, and the returns from that seed are exponentially more than what a person put it. Just like the amount of fruit that a person can yield from a tree, are many many times multiples of the seed that he originally planted. That's the nata basichin. That's the tree, which the Torah is, the passage says, The Torah is the tree. And it's a tree which doesn't give back fruit. It's a tree which gives back life. It's a tree of life. Which means, just like you plant a seed of an apple, you'll get lots of apples. You plant a date spit, you'll get lots of dates. If you plant a seed of life, you'll get back a tree of life. The tree is the Eitzchayim. It's that tree of life. What I planted was some of my life here. What I planted was the time that I gave to learning here. That's the seed I planted. I planted time. but limited time. Finite time. And that's going to blossom into a tree which gives back life exponentially more than I planted. And if a person isn't just spending one moment or one minute learning Torah, He's spending many minutes, many hours, many days. So then he's planting orchards and orchards of these trees of life. And the return on investment is, like we said, unlimited. The return on investment is unlimited. For the amount of time a person spends learning Torah here, he's rewarded with Olam Abba, which has no no time frame, which has no limit. So that's the first point of the Kiddush of Nefeshachayim. The second return for learning Torah is the Chaya Eulah. So the marshal of a tree is a very good mushroom. We still need to understand that a little bit. Why is it like that? And that's the next line he says. Let's read it again to understand what he said. He says the reason for that is because Because by learning Torah, we are drawing from the source of Torah which is above all the world. And this is a point to understand. The world we in and the world we see is a world which is finite. But the the Sharish before creation was infinite. The reason asks at the beginning of it's time When at what stage did Hashem create the world? Hashem wanted a world, so we know Hashem pre-existed the world so why didn't he create the world earlier and the reason answer is I'm not trying to understand it now, I'm just explaining the principle he says, you can't ask that question there was no time before the world, so there's no concept of earlier the concept of time begins when Hashem created a system by which we can measure time and that is When there is a cycle which we can measure so things return to the starting point Erev and we finish the day, we go back to the Erev so now we've seen a cycle, we can count, that's one cycle and it happens a second time, we can count the second cycle and the third, and now we have a way to measure time. Whereas if everything is a continuum and there's no cycle we can measure things by then there's no such concept as time. That's why time began in a physical sense Anything above that is above time. The Sherish of the Torah, which means the Sherish of Hashem's Ratzon, the Sherish of Hashem's Chachma, is something above time. And when a person connects to fulfilling Hashem's Ratzon, when a person connects to understanding Hashem's Chachma, those are both infinite concepts. They are not time-based. In this world, yes, like we said, things will work by time. But in the, in the level of it, the and Hashanelom, in its highest level, they pre-existed time. And by learning Torah, a person connects to the of Hashem, which is as timeless as Hashem. A person, by doing what Hashem wants him to do by learning Torah, connects to the Ratsun of Hashem, which is as timeless as Hashem. And that's how, even though the way we do it, is by utilizing the physical world, or the physical time we have here to learn Torah, the concept which we connect into by doing that is connecting to an infinite concept, and the result is going to be the connection to that infinite. The result is going to be that the the that, that uh, the the reward, if you're going to call it that, or the outcome, is something which is timeless. Hashem's Ratsan, is something which lasts forever. And when a person has fulfilled Hashem's Ratzin, then in that way, he deserves to last forever too. That's how the Torah tells the person to transcend. We mentioned this every year in Shavuot, but it's important to talk about it now also. Before Hashem will explain, Hashem told the Jewish people by Kabbalah Zotay. He told them, if you make a word of that's where you're going to get buried. And what did he shout out to them? He held the mountain above them, a gigas is a barrel. And the Mephoshim really wondered, if the idea was, I'm going to crash you under Sinai, then the example would have been, you hold it on them like a stone, which if you lower it, and somebody will crash it. And he have said here will be where you get buried. A gigas, a barrel, if you lower a barrel over somebody, so he's now maybe trapped in the barrel, but he's not. going to happen to him. And what's the notion of Shom take for us from that There, not here. There you'll get there. And there are many explanations given, but the one which surprised me you just said is that Hashem was telling the Jewish people is if you're going to accept the Torah, then you have a way to transcend the physical world. You have a way to connect to something which is infinite, which is Hashem's Rata. And if you don't want to accept the Torah, I'm not going to punish you right now. But you should know that you're going to get trapped like inside a barrel. You're going to get trapped in the physical world. There's nowhere to leave it. And, wherever, and when and wherever a person dies, and that's where he's ended. There isn't a connection to anything beyond the physical. Life is limited by the physical experience of here, and there's no continuation. It's only the Torah which creates that Ability to To connect to something Which is beyond the physical And then continue to live In, 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 in that eternal dimension That's the Natabasekh That's the Chaya Olam The life which is eternal life Which a person can connect to By doing a finite action It's the highest yield in the world The time a person invests here Like I said The time a person plants here Creates trees of time Trees of life which give back a, a, an eternal yield. That's the second My of learning Torah. I come from that same place. Torah means life, because life is Hashem's Ratsan to make things exist. And when Hashem's Ratsan is being fulfilled, then that brings down that that existence, which is what both the world generally and the person specifically, both need. And then he brings the Pasek in Mishle. The Pasek says, Mishma, More than anything you guard, Natsali Bekho, guard your heart. Why? Because the source of life is in the heart. And that, the Midrash Mishle says, How should a person guard his heart? Don't leave it for it. Why? It is from the divritur. It is not that the heart is the source of life. And if therefore you guard your heart. You don't have a heart attack. Maybe in a physical sense that's true. But the way that the Middle explains it is guard your heart from leaving Divre Torah. Kimimenu from the Torah is the source of life. And if a person wants to connect to that source of life, make sure not that your heart shouldn't stray from the Torah. Because when you connect it to the Torah, you connect to life as well. That's the second big minor of living things. The third, and that's the next paragraph. We only have time today to introduce the topic, we'll talk about it more by the the next year. Let's at least read inside was to say. Those things which are destroyed to rebuild them but to in ways which can fix them, which is the kasher, to connect, or the yakhet, to unify, or the hashlem, to complete or the The higher world with the lower world. And when that happens, Then all the worlds will be equal, will be shined together. Like it says in Parikh Kailaq, Amr Rabbi Lazar, Kala Oysak, Nishma, the evidence Tarih properly, Kila Oysa Shalom, V'famalya Shalmala, V'famalya Shalmata. It's like he made peace between the upper world and the lower world. Shneemar Oy, Yakhazak V'ma'uzi, One who holds on to Ma'uzi, My strength, the Torah is called Oys. Ya'asya Shalomli, He makes peace for me. And the second point that says, Rabba Mar, Kinu Bala Paterin Shalmara, Paterin Shamatha. It's like he built the upper palace and the lower palace. And he also brings the Paso, Kshanema, the aasin Hashem says, I put my words in your mouth, the entire Shema and the d'art. To firm the earth to spread out the heavens. What's this term we're referring to? What, what's broken that a person has to fix? What's the way that a person combines the upper world and the lower world? There's something spiritual and something deep here that the Nefesh Archayim is alluding to. And uh, he doesn't spell out clearly, but he wants us to understand. So let's give a little bit of a background. At least at a simple level to the principle he's talking about. We'll begin the topic in this year, and we'll revisit it in the next year as well. But on a simple level that concept is like this. We know Hashem has a spiritual world and a physical world. So we have a reason to create the physical world. That's the place where a person is going to be able to achieve. That's the place where a person is going to be able to choose. That's what he's going to get rewarded for. But we know for that physical world to happen it can't be completely physical. It would be a dead world. Why? Because life is not a physical thing. There may be physical systems which support life in a person. If his heart needs to beat, blood needs to travel, he needs to be able to eat and to breathe, whatever else is necessary for the physical systems which work in a person when he's alive. But life itself is a spiritual thing. And the proof of that is they can examine with all the magnifying glasses or microscopes that they want they'll never find life it's a force, it's an energy and inside, in certain words, it's something spiritual which Akadosh Baruch sends down to this world you know, the person has a body and he has a nishama. and a nashama is a spiritual thing but it has to come down here in order for the body to be able to operate so yes, it's true that there has to be a spiritual element in this world or else this world wouldn't be alive. Life is spiritual. But the problem is, and Chazal gave this Marshall, it may be necessary for the Neshama to come down into this world. But the Neshama is not happy in this world. It's not its natural habitat. It's not a place where it feels fulfilled. And Misha tells us later in our voice, al <speaking in Hebrew> You're living by you're forced to live. Because the person ashama doesn't want to be here. It doesn't belong here. It doesn't fit in. It's in a inhospitable imploratory. And, and it's the is to force of it to remain in this world. It's necessary because people wouldn't live otherwise. But it creates a rift. There's something not shining when ashama is in this world. It's in a place where it doesn't belong. And the Khazal gave a marshal to a princess, who, for whatever reason, was sent to live in a primitive, rural village. And her whole being despised the village. It didn't have the comfort, and didn't have the cleanliness, and it didn't have the luxury, and it didn't have the the, the whole lifestyle she was used to in the palace. So yes, there may be a reason she's there, but it's an unhappy existence for her. It's not the place she belongs the neshama which comes down to this world it doesn't feel comfortable in this world. It doesn't enjoy this world. It doesn't connect to this world. It's like a prisoner in a foreign territory. There's a lack of shalom. And here's the yichidish. Just in the beginning of it, let's see this point at least first. By learning Torah the person that learns Torah and obviously a person learns Torah like he's meant to learn Torah it's just called he makes himself into a place where the Neshama is happy to be he makes himself within himself an environment where the Neshama is comfortable it becomes a spiritual place where the Neshama is happy to be as well The Koyach of the Torah is also a spiritual force which was sent down to this world. And by using the Torah, a person can make, so to speak, within himself an island of Shemayim. A place which is a spiritual place. And when that happens, then the Nisham is at home too. It's in a place where it feels comfortable. It's in a spiritual world which is the aura surrounding the person learning Torah. And if you want the prime example of this, and it's such a powerful Midrash, it's a Midrash Rabbein Vezer Sabrachim. It says that when the time came for Moshe B'Avim to die, so Hashem called the Neshama of Moshe and said, Neshama of Moshe, it's time for you to leave and come back to Shema. It's time for you to come back to the Kisayakavat. And the Midrash says that the Moshe, of the said back to Hashem, I would rather stay here. I'm more at home in the body of Moshe than my Mabim Maliki Siyakal. And that's the culmination of this level. That a person can make themselves, within themselves, such a place of Ktusha, such a place of Rukhniyas, that the neshama is at home there. It doesn't feel ill at ease in a foreign environment. It doesn't feel forced to be in a place where it doesn't want to be. No. It feels in a place where it's ensconced in a bowl of Rukhniyas. That the Torah person learns creates that that, like we said, that cocoon of kedusha which a person is in, and that is the Hashem feels happy. There. That's what it says. A person in has Torah, it's like the ois shalom, but for shalmat is the M'alachim, or for many shalmat and the shemels of people. A person who holds on to the the ois, the strength which is the Torah, he he creates a place of shalom, and that place of shalom is within the person himself. That that, that that's a, creates a spiritual area where the neshama is at home. That's the first point. The next level, which of khius that a person can achieve by learning Torah, is he uses that chiyus of the Torah to create a place here that the neshama connects to as well. It's no longer the, the khaim is defined by a connection of body and nishama, but it's no longer a forced connection. It's no longer a situation where the nishama is f- held by, against its will in the body, so the person should be alive. He's made a place where the Nishama is happy to be also. And now that khaim, the connection of body and soul, which is a person's life, is something complete. It's something which connects. It's not something which one's repelled by the other and has to be forced to be to, to be held together. That's the shalom that a person can create by learning Torah, because he makes a place of ruchnias where the neshama is also happy to be. That's the first part. But in the lecture we'll see in more depth and detail what the Nevi'im is referring to. But at least that's a big principle already, and that is that there's the ability to use the Torah to create an area of spirituality where a person is more alive because it's something is neshama connects to and wants to be a part of his